Well, what's up, family? Welcome to I Cry in Corners Season 8. Uh, season 8 is going to be a little different uh, than the other seasons I've done in the past. Uh, a number of reasons why, but uh, mainly because there will be no video for this one. I'm going back old school to audio. And uh, this season, uh, we're going to be talking about... Um, oof. Oh, gosh. It's been a crazy couple months, guys. And... Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about the ways of love and the ways of the spirit, the ways of salt, the ways of rest, the ways of community, um, because I have been, um, I hate the word deconstructing because that's not like, a, it's not like a thing that I'm doing or a thing that it's, I, I'm not going to get on my soapbox about deconstructing, but um, yeah, I've just been looking at the church as a whole in this new season of my life. And um, I just want to talk about what I believe the church should look like and feel like. Um, yeah, before I jump in, let's do the music thing. Things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chotty? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people, and, uh, you should know that, uh, I cry in corners. True story. Okay, we're in season eight of the podcast. I'm super stoked to be back for season eight, as I do believe, oh, I believe in my bones <laughs> that this season is important for those that not only follow Jesus, but those that might be kind of pissed off or mad at Jesus, um, uh, or uh, possibly mad at the people who belong to Jesus. Um, yeah, I just feel like there's a lot going on right now. Um, but because it's been a while, it's been a hot minute, uh, <laughs> I feel like I need to introduce myself. My name's Chotty. I'm a pastor, creative director, author, and the voice behind this craziness that is I Cry in Corners. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, you should know I've spent a better part of my adulthood serving the Big C Church. And the last 10 years, I was working on staff at a mega church. And um, as I record this episode in the summer of 2022, I am no longer on staff at a church. I resigned in August 2021, and currently my day job is creative director at a digital marketing agency in New York City. Uh, I work remotely most of the month here uh, in St. Pete, Florida, uh, where my husband and I are uh, serving as uh, pastors of Liberty Church St. Pete. He is on staff and I am not. I work remote uh, of my day job and then I occasionally go to New York or wherever they send me to do photo shoots and consulting. I'm also writing a book right now uh, with the incredible team at Worthy Pub. What book, you might ask? I'm actually writing I Cry in Corners. <laughs> it's the why behind the podcast. Uh, and it will have um, breakdowns, not of the seasons of the podcast, but how I got to the podcast. And so I cannot even wait for you to read it. It's all about all the different types of feelings you can have and how I've learned to navigate them. Um, yeah, I'm currently writing it. It's been incredible and crazy and emotional. Anyways, husband's on staff. I'm not. I got a day job. Um, I'll explain more about the why behind that later. Um, but yeah, this is season eight and my life has drastically changed, especially in the last seven months. Okay. Now that I said that, um, this season, I feel like I should pull off the bandaid of the DMs and awkward conversations I've been having with people uh, who have dealt with an immense amount of church hurt. Um, yeah. 
So the church, so much craziness has happened. Craziness has happened in the world. Um, craziness happening with the bride. And the truth is, I have not been exempt from the tragic nonsense that is church hurt. But I have found myself working through it loving Jesus, and growing in the midst of it. So I thought the wise thing would be to bring all of my I Crying Corners family into my life. Um, my worst nightmare uh, is strangers knowing more about my life, but whatever, just working through it, okay? Um, uh, I thought it would be good to bring you into my life in my last season in hopes that it would help others on this road I have found myself on. Um, so yeah, we're going to jump right into it. Full disclosure. Okay. Full disclosure, in April 2020, I sat on my couch after 20 plus years of serving the church and following Jesus, and I looked at my husband and I said, um, I'm pretty sure I don't believe in God anymore. I then sat there and sobbed at the realization of what I said and what I truly believed at that moment. Um, we were in the throes of the early months of COVID um, along the rest of the, just like the rest of the world. Everybody in the world was losing it. I was not not losing it. And uh, I was working at a church. I was working like the craziest hours of my life. Um, I was in <laughs> at one point, three full-time roles. Um, the creative team I was leading was super burnout and I was starting to see way, way, way behind the curtain. And, um, yeah, I saw behind the curtain in the church that I loved and served at most of my adult life. You should also know that the pandemic catapulted me into a bit of an influential role that I had only ever really dreamed of, you know, like you never, you never want to be in a role that doesn't make a difference. And I felt like God was putting me in a position of influence that honestly I had never had before. And if I can be totally honest, I was the most miserable I had ever been in my life. I was the most tired. Um, it was, I was miserable. And the truth is the people I loved and the people I served, my team was falling apart and I had no real authority to fix it, which was torturous to be a part of because these were the kids I mentored. These were the kids I hired and I literally watched them begin to resent me. Not all of them, but a lot of them. I know this because some of them told me to my face <laughs> and others just distanced themselves. I've never talked about this publicly before and honestly, um, I didn't know how to navigate that season. And I'm going to be very careful on what I say um, moving forward for a number of reasons, but mainly because I want you to know that I love God and I love the church. I love the bride of Christ. And I and I want to be, always make sure that I honor her. I didn't know how to process that season or what I was seeing behind closed doors. And I thought the best thing I could do to try to protect the kids that I was leading um, was just to love them and, I mean, like, I didn't know what to do, to be quite honest with you. I've, I've never been the type of person who could successfully compartmentalize unhealth. And as a result, my team saw my struggle up close. That's the worst thing you want to do as a leader is when your team can see you unraveling. I mean, it doesn't give a lot of confidence and, um, yeah, it just, it wasn't good. I'm sure it looked like everyone around me, or if you saw my life on Instagram, it looked like I was like 30 flirting and thriving or that I had a seat at some kind of table of influence. I know that people thought that, but the truth is I had a seat in the corner on the floor and I wasn't talking. Um, I was doing the work to keep myself grounded in purpose, um, but the season of ministry caused me to question my integrity and ultimately caused me to question whether the Jesus I had known and followed for most of my life was even real. 
You know, I shot season seven in the middle of that season. And I had no idea, I had no idea what I would eventually walk through and walk out of. That season hurt a lot of people I love very much. Um, some relationships God saw fit to restore and salvage and others um, not so much. I only share this story now because I have found that most people I meet now as a pastor of a community have also encountered moments like this. Moments that are glazed with tremendous amounts of hurt by the church and as a result they have either walked away from God or have deconstructed their faith so meticulously that they don't even know how to put it back together. Also, I feel compelled to say that my goal in this podcast season is not to air dirty laundry. So if you're looking for gossip about the current plight of my last employment, this is not the podcast for that. I'm not the one and you don't want that smoke. Don't send me DMs. I'm not talking smack. I love the bride. I love the local church. I believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. No church is perfect. No pastors are without fault. And even though I am working through major stuff I saw and encountered, I love Jesus and I love his house. And he's the one that found me on the couch that day, not the church, not my leadership, not my community, Jesus. With all that being said, I attribute the current state of the Bride of Christ, the Big C Church, to a lack of identity and loss of purpose. I believe the church is losing their mind and looking like a hot mess because she's lost her identity and she's lost her purpose. But let's talk about identity first. The church is the body of Christ, not the building of Christ. The church is the people, not the brick and mortar. Sadly, the truth feels like uh, it has been blurred by history. It's been blurred by imperfect people and sin and brokenness. I said this a few seasons back, but everyone waiting for the church to go back to pre-COVID days, um, it's never going to happen. I hear tons of people blame COVID for what's going on or... Uh, for the purging and uncovering of the corruption within the church. But I believe God used COVID to show us what the bride of Christ uh, was missing. I look at every struggle as an opportunity, and I believe that God gave us an opportunity to truly see what was missing from his bride. I need you to hear me, and I need you to hear me clearly. I say this as a creative who has served the local church for almost 20 years and who currently pastors a community of people. You have a better chance of Lot's wife thawing out from the salt bath she got than the church ever going back to what she was pre-COVID. People are displaced. People are hurt. People are wandering wildernesses. And instead of the church boosting posts and making our online experience better, I would venture to say, how about we just go back to the basics? Let, let me explain this. Okay, so I went to Rome in 2019 two weeks before the world imploded. And it was life-changing. I went to every cathedral, every like, like quote-unquote holy building. From the Vatican to the Scala Santa, I will tell you all I found in these holy places were empty tombs that once housed something living. Even the pantheon that once housed idols and pagan gods um, was instead adorned with saints and like ancient relics of, um, how do you use like Christendom? Nothing felt holy. Nothing. Nothing. I would walk through every church and just sob. I told my husband on the way home, man, if, if we aren't building a church that is living, then what is the frickin' point? Like, I don't want to be part of something that's not living, that one day people are going to pay 20 bucks to go see. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, I want to build something 
that's living. At that point, we had been on church staff for almost eight years. And man, I just, I came back with this overwhelming, having no idea within weeks the world would be shut down. But God, please let us build something that is living. I walked into the Vatican and it felt like a prison. It had guards everywhere. The walls are super high. Um, people with horrible afflictions lined the road, begging with priests, tourists, and nuns just walking past them. I got super emotional. I looked at my husband. I was like, dude, I, I feel so sick. I looked at his table and I told him, why are the broken and sick people sitting outside? Shouldn't they be inside? I mean, I just had this like deep sense of awe that that was like the church. That all the people that need Jesus the most were either shunning or were um, throwing our theology at them instead of loving them. I have a deep sense that we as a church, the people of God, have forgotten who we are and why the Most High God sent his son to earth to die. It wasn't for our Instagram followers and our fake influence. It was to seek and save the lost. And instead, we're like seven hours a day on stupid freaking TikTok and Netflix binging. And instead of building community and loving our people well, we're focused more on the works of the church instead of being the church. I'm not saying everybody is. I can only speak from my personal experience, but I can say living in this age as a follower of Jesus, um, it definitely feels like that. You know, this podcast is called I Cry in Corners. And, you know, I say all the time that feelings are good, but they're not God. They're indicator lights of that something is wrong. And guys, something is wrong. I know this because I was part of the machine that built the operating system, the system that traveled the way of growth and crowds instead of the growth of true community. Some of you are listening right now and you're like, cool, cool, Chadi, there's a problem. Yeah, we know it. We've seen the documentaries, but how do we fix it? I believe the fix is easy. We first have to admit and realize that we, the church, have lost our identity and we've lost our purpose. The church has lost her identity. She's lost her purpose. I don't even know how many times I can say that because I feel like people don't get it. She's lost her identity and she's lost her purpose. Someone just said out loud, not my church. <laughs> and to you, I say, I'm not talking about your building, dummy. I'm talking about your heart. This is going to take me a few episodes to break down. So it's just the start. This is the first step of finding out who we truly are, who we're truly meant to be and what we're truly supposed to be doing. So let's start with the way of love, right? That's this episode, way of love. 2 Corinthians 13. Somebody just was like, oh my God, that's like a Hobby Lobby, Southern Belle, Wild Decor. It's, it's, it is. It's what everyone says at their wedding. But I, I want to read 2 Corinthians 13. And then I want to give you what I felt like the Lord impressed upon my heart in this season of, of how the church, how the people of God should be walking out their everyday life. So I'm just going to read it. And then I'm going to just talk about it. So 2 Corinthians 13, what if I speak in the most elegant languages of people, languages of people or in the exotic language of heavenly messengers, but I live without love? Well, then anything I say is like a clanging of brass or crashing cymbal. What if I have the gift of prophecy and blessed with knowledge and insight to all the mysteries? Or what if my faith is strong enough to scoop up a mountain from its bedrock, yet I live without love? If so, I have nothing. I could give all that I have to feed the poor. I could surrender my body to be burned as a martyr. But if I do not have love, if I do not live in love, I gain nothing by my selfless acts. When I first read this, the first thing that popped out was my words. What are we saying about ourselves and about the bride? How do you see the bride? Because this will determine 
if you're following the way of love, Jesus is the way of love, if everything you say about the church is negative, if everything you say about its people is negative, man, it it sets everybody up for a fail. So there's two people I'm going to talk to real quick. So if you're a person who's been hurt by the church, dude, I'm sorry. I know what it's like to be hurt by the church. And I know what it's like to be part of an establishment that hurts people. And it's the worst freaking feeling in the world. And I'm so sorry. Like if you were... If you were standing in front of me, I would say, I'm so freaking sorry, dude. I am. I'm sorry that you have um, had to, whatever, whatever it is, man, whatever you dealt with, whether it was people, it's probably people, freaking people, man. But God is still God and God is still good. And I believe in my whole heart that there is power in what you say and there's death in what you say. And the second people I'm talking to are the people that are like, I'm good. I love Jesus. I'm still kicking butt, taking names. I serve every week. I'm in growth track, yada, yada, yada. You're killing it. Congratulations at being a professional at church. My question for you is, are you living out the ways of Jesus? Or are you just vomiting out the words of Jesus? I think a lot of people are doing that. They're not really living out the ways of Jesus. They're just vomiting out the words of Jesus. Do your words add to the noise or do they build others up? Right now we're in a, my God, we're in a place in our world where the church, man, y'all are, we're loud. We're really loud right now. And I just wish we'd shut up. Just wish we would sit down. I'm not making a political statement. I'm making a heart statement. You know, I, I moved to a city that's real different than the city I grew up in. There's a lot of people here that have been hurt by the church. There's a lot of people here that are um, <laughs> have been beaten down by the Bible Belt and not the Bible Belt. <laughs> and uh, I'll definitely tell you, pastoring here has taught me a lot in the last five months. It's taught my husband a lot. We look at each other a lot of times and we're just like, please, God, let us be good to our people. Let us build the right community what are you saying about the bride of Christ? Because it matters. If you're a follower of Jesus, everything out of your mouth should be loving and building up. Are you building others up or are you adding to the noise? Are you first, are you quick off the get to say something on social media? Hey, don't. Don't. Just choose not to say anything. Well, Chadi, I have to speak. I have to speak my mind. I've got to tell my truth. Do you, dude? Or are you just adding to the noise? If the people who are the closest to you don't know how you feel about something, let's say, let's just use this situation that's currently going on. I'm, I'm doing this during the summer of 2022. You pick one of the nonsensical things that have just imploded into our world. What would happen if you prayed about it first before you actually commented? What if you talked to your family about it before you actually commented on it? What if you prayed again before you said anything else? I just wish that social media wasn't the first place we went. Instead, we got to our knees and we prayed and we sought God on things. If you want to function in the ways of love, that's what we're called to do. Love people, right? Love God, love people. It's our job. It's our identity and our purpose. We're love and loving people, loving God, loving people. It's like one flip. It's one flipping thing. We. It's like it's not hard. I don't understand why we make it so hard. It's like we have our own filter on what we think loving God and loving people looks like. Love is patient and love is kind. 
Love isn't envious and doesn't boast. It doesn't brag or strut about. There's no arrogance in love. It's never rude, crude, or indecent. It's not self-absorbed. Love isn't easily upset. Huh. No kidding. I wouldn't know that from all the stuff that I see. Love doesn't tally wrongs or celebrate injustice. But the truth, yes, the truth is love's delight. Love puts up with anything and everything that comes along. It trusts, hopes, and endures no matter what. This is my favorite part. Love will never become obsolete. Love will never become obsolete. It's my most favorite part of this. So if the ways of love looks like loving people with your words, I would say it also is loving people with your actions. That means if love is never obsolete, it doesn't matter what people have done, you're still choosing to love them. Look, what you say matters, but how you say it matters even more. You know, um, for me, when I struggle bus about loving people with my actions and forgiving them and loving them well, um, I re I'm reminded of this. Uh, I'm reminded of when I went to Rome. This Rome trip really showed me a lot about who I want to be as a follower of Christ because it is literally surrounded by um, the church and what the church was and what the church tried to become. And um, in the Roman Forum is where um, you can see like Julius Caesar's uh, uh, like tomb thingy. Anyways, what I'm trying to tell you about the Roman Forum is that what would happen is every time there was a new Caesar, instead of clearing out the brokenness of the Caesar before, they would just build upon it. So like if you walk in the Roman Forum, it's like feet down. It's the most bizarre thing in the world because what they would do is they would just build on broken. If you want to love people well, if you want to function from a way of love, do not build on broken. Well, Chadi, how do I not build on broken? Dude, get around the right people. Is everyone around you talking smack? I say this a lot, but like for real, like you cannot live the ways of love if nobody around you is living the ways of love. You can't just like do it by yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't work like that. You'll run out of batteries. Your light will run out of batteries one day. And if you're not walking around with other batteries, you'll have nobody to be able to charge. Don't build on broken. Clear out the broken. Some of us need to get therapy. Some of us need to get in the right community. Some of us need to actually join a church again. Some of you are like, I'm not doing that. That's dumb. I don't really believe in that anymore. Um, Chadi, that's really intense. No, nah, man. The church is just broken people trying to serve a perfect God. You might not have had a good experience in one church. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have, you don't lose the love for the expression of the local church. The local church matters to God. And um, I just need to tell you that I live on a road that apparently is fast and furious and people just are just driving like crazy people tonight. This is ridiculous. Anyways. Okay. Ways of love, ways of love in your words, ways of love in your actions, don't give up on the local expression of the church because all you've ever experienced is broken people. Love matters. The ways of love. The ways of Jesus. All right. Let me end this. Now as for the prophetic gifts, they will not last. Unknown language will become silent and the gift of knowledge will no longer be needed. Gifts of knowledge and prophecy are partial at best, at least for now. But when the perfection and fullness of the kingdom arrive, all the parts will end. And when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as the ways of a child. But when I became a man, I left my childish ways behind. For now, we can only see the dim and blurry pictures of things. Dude, that's so good. For now, we can only see a dim and blurry picture of things. And when we, st like, 
as we stare into polished metal, I realize that everything I know is only part of the bigger picture. Guys, if you want to walk the ways of love, you got to know that you're not really able to see everything. That's why you need to be led of the Holy Spirit and really living out love in your words and in your actions. That means you need to be in the word. You need to be praying, man. But one day when Jesus arrives, we will see clearly face to face in that day. I will know fully. I will fully know just as I have been wholly known by God. But no, faith, hope, and love remain. These three virtues must characterize our lives. These three virtues must actually characterize our lives. The greatest of these is love. If you are a follower of the Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, and these three things do not characterize your life, you're doing it wrong. We're called to love God and love people. It's really simple today, guys. The ways of love in your words, the ways of love in your actions. Guys, it costs. Bill Johnson says gifts are free and maturity is expensive. He is not wrong. The way of love will cost you. It will cost you in society. It will cost you in followers. <laughs> It'll cost you in fake friends on the internet. The weight of love is costly. And you uh, do this in your family and with your friends and with your platforms and your church. You know it's going to cost. It might not be... Um, I don't know, man. I have hope for this next generation of people in the church. I have hope for this next generation of worshipers and creatives and pastors. I have hope. I believe that the church has not seen her best days yet. I believe that God is going to restore all things in its time. And even though the world looks at the church now as um, a pestilence, the Lord sees her as beautiful. And I believe in the church and I believe that um, if we could just remember who we are, feel a little bit like Simba's dad, just remember who you are. Remember that it's just, you just got to love God and love people and live the ways of love. I told somebody recently, I hope we don't, I hope that the world doesn't, I hope that the Christian world will not forget that we live in Babylon. You know, we keep trying to make Babylon heaven and uh, we won't be. It won't be like that till eternity. So all we can do till then is bring heaven into our everyday life and how we love um, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Yeah. Okay. That's really all I got. And um, I hope this made sense. It made sense in my head. Uh, I love you guys. Next week, we're going to jump into, uh, is it the ways of rest? I don't know. Let me go. Let me go look at it. I cry in corners.com. Guys, everything's at icryincorners.com. Keep in touch with me via social media. Oh, next week is the ways of the spirit. What does it look like to really live out the ways of love and being led of the Holy Spirit? Um, you can't do anything without the fire of God, the cloud and the fire, guys. And um, I'm going to go in on a bunch of different practical ways to really live out love by being led of the Holy Spirit. Um, and then episode three, we're going to talk about the ways of salt. I think the world is uh, not lit. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth. And right now we're kind of like chili flakes and hot sauce. And um, we forgot like the flavor that we're supposed to have, which is like the worst. Um, or we don't have any flavor, which is like the worst. It's like raisins in your potato salad. I don't know why people do that. Anyways, um, then we're going to talk about the ways of rest and uh, how uh, the Sabbath matters and how uh, if we're not in a right space, mental space, rested, uh, we can't be the way of anything. And then uh, episode five, I'm going to talk about the ways of community and what it looks like to truly live out uh, love and peace and hope and faith and all the things 
that God wants us to truly um, exude in this broken world and to do it in community in a healthy way. So, yeah, that's it. That's what the season's going to be. Um, yeah. There goes the Fast and Furious. Love you, weirdos. <laughs>